Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Welcome, everyone, to another week of Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And I'm Charlie. And I'm Eva. Hope everyone is cool, calm, and collected today. Um, we have a great show coming up, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, just want to say we have a lot going on. Um, we do. More to come as we go forward. We're excited about that. Uh, you know, we're here with content every week. And the... Content is available 7 by 24. Mm -hmm. There's always something out there for all of us, right? We need to share it. You guys need to use it and also share it, right? In this way, we all benefit. Yes, I agree. And it's out on TalkZone.com. Just go to the business channel, and that's where we're featured, Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. You can also download the free TalkZone app and listen to us on your phone 24-7. The content is out there for free. So please, all of our shows are there. And we're also available on iTunes as well. Right. And the mission of Corporate Talk is to use all of our collaborative powers, you guys as well, mm -hmm. to... And leave no stone unturned to make a difference in the workplace, even as one person, even as two people, <laughs> and even as the universe, right? Exactly. That so, was very well said. Uh, it's a challenge sometimes, right? And um, sometimes we, I don't know, we get lost in our own smoke, right? Yes, we do. Uh, <laughs> it's always good advice to say we need to practice what we preach. Yes. And not just preach. No, and we preach and we try to practice. Right. I don't think we preach too much, though. I think uh, we well, share. I think we, we share. You know, like I always say, um, there's the the person that has the willingness to be influenced. Right. Um, then there's also the measurer and the copier and the repeater and, you know. The repeater. The repeater. The repeater. The repeater. The repeater. Yeah, the repeater. <laughs> so we need to be aware of all of that, right? And yes. we need to, you know, keep our head in the game at all times. And um, I want to say that every year, and we've been at this a long time. Mm, we right? have, yes. Um, every year the bar gets higher and higher. Mm -hmm. And in order to stay with the pace, at least, mm -hmm. and then some, you know, is a challenge. It is. And... We need coaching. Yes, we do. And we can always up our game. So if I was to say who would like to up their game, I would bet the entire, entire universe would say me, right? Right. So that's why we're here. And we have a great guest today. We do. And, you know, why don't you share a little bit? Well, you know, I'm excited about our guest today because our guest today is not only a terrific coach, but also a friend of mine. And we are both um, EFT practitioners, so we'll be talking a little bit about that. And I liked your segue into how we have to up our game because that's what Brenda does. Brenda is a sports performance coach, and um, she helps people up their game in a big way. So why don't we go ahead and bring her on? Brenda, are you with us? I am. 
Yay, we're so glad that you're here today. Um, why don't you go ahead and share your website with the audience? I'll, okay, I will. Thanks for having me, Charlie Neva. Uh, my website is www.brendacordle.com. Simple as that. Perfect. And Cordell is C-O-R-D-L-E. That's um, right. So, Brenda, tell us a little bit about what a performance coach does. Well, my role as a performance coach is to help an athlete to do two things. One is to raise the skill level of whatever their sport is. And the second is to reduce their performance anxiety so when the pressure is on, they can nail their performance in spite of that. Well, and that's terrific, right? Because, I mean, so many times, and we ourselves know that, you know, we'll visualize what we want to do. We have an idea of what we want to do. We've been practicing, but when it comes to actually delivering, that's when we get in trouble. And that's what you found too, right? Yes, uh, we get in trouble because we our emotions start to take over and we lose control of things like fine motor skills and, and things that we were able to do perfectly in practice. Suddenly we feel like we can't do those things uh, when we're in the heat of the moment. Right, and and you have some personal experience with this because you were working with your daughter and you found that your daughter was perfect in practice, but yet she was having difficulty when it came to actual competition. And so why don't you share with the listeners a little bit about your story? Okay, great. Well, I started out actually uh, coaching business people, did that for quite a number of years. And as I was becoming certified in EFT, I learned that there is an application in using those skills for sports performance. And coincidentally, my daughter, who's a figure skater, was beginning to experience some performance anxiety. Uh, she was She's a very good skater, and uh, but she had reached a point where uh, under the pressure of competition, she was not able to perform the way she would like. And so we decided to try a little experiment and see if EFT would make a difference. And it did right away. And um, so I reluctantly agreed to take her on and coach her through a season. And uh, the difference was remarkable. She went from being in the middle of the pack uh, performer to uh, advancing to the national championship and actually winning the national championship at her level for ice dance. Um. First, thank you for sharing that, right? Because that's sort of a personal story. So great job, great work. Right. And, and the thing, what my takeaway here is that this, um, practice mm-hmm. is applicable to all, right? Oh, yeah. So if, if, if we want to keep it in the context of an athlete, right? If I have, uh, a child that's an athlete or I'm an athlete, mm. the potential of me shedding my anxiety which would lead to greater performance is out there as well um, by getting coaches like Brenda to help guide us through it. Right. right. And, well, one of the things that Brenda and I talk about a lot is about the highly sensitive temperament. And I think, Brenda, you were the same as I was. When we first learned about the highly sensitive temperament, I thought, well, you know, I'm going to read about this for clients, but it's not really going to pertain to me. And then all of a sudden, I was, I was reading, I thought, 
oh wow, I'm really a highly sensitive temperament. And <laughs> yes. it was I've an eye opener, about my- right? It was a real eye opener because I struggle with stage fright really badly. I mean, it was to the point in earlier in my career that I could not even introduce myself during a meeting, let alone ever thought I would be on the radio or doing voiceover or any of that. And a highly sensitive temperament really tends to suck up the energy in the room. We can see every sneer, every yawn, everybody looking at their phones, and we think automatically that it's all about us, and they have no interest in us, or they hate us, one of the two. Um, so tell us a little bit about highly sensitive temperament and how EFT fits into working with people with highly sensitive temperaments. Yes, I discovered that about myself, too, that I um, have traits of highly sensitive temperament, and I have worked with athletes who do as well, not just my daughter, but others, Mm -hmm. and it does make a big impact because, as you said, we feel the energy of the room so intently, we feel every eye that's watching, and it intensifies the pressure that we put upon ourselves, and EFT is perfect for that. Uh, It is... um, perfect tool for releasing the stress that we feel, um, diluting that, the intensity of the emotion so that we can um, release the emotion before we get ourselves into that situation, get our minds and bodies settled down to a point that's so that we're behaving and performing more like practice instead of feeling the intensity of the situation. Right. And I think that's such a that's such a great point, because it's always around the intensity of the situation. It's that being in the spotlight, suddenly the spotlight is on us and everything that we learned goes out the window because all we want to do is run away. And, you know, I was wondering, Charlie, because, you know, Charlie coached fast pitch for many years. Did you find that with some players that some players had no problem being in the spotlight and others really had a hard time with it? Um, well, here, there's a couple of things here, right? Yeah. Uh, this is, I mean, if Brenda was there mm. then, it would we been. would all be in a different place right now. <laughs> so um, here's the thing. Yes, you know what? Uh, I always said uh, there are players that are practice players. Mm. Players are phenomenal in practice. And then they get into the game and they don't perform. And... You know, this is the reason, right? It's the anxiety. And in turn, right, when, um, Brenda, help me out here. When you say up their skill level for one with an athlete, to me, um, that means by finding out where the anxiety is and applying EFT, which we can discuss, to get rid of that anxiety, that'll clear the way for their um, ability to focus more on their skill level. You're not actually coaching the skill, but you're removing the uh, blocks that are in the way. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yes. Uh, It doesn't matter what the sport is. I don't need to understand the sport because I understand how the brain works. And we all have a ceiling on the performance that we think we can achieve or the skill level that we think we can achieve, even if it's not at a conscious level. And so... Different than actual performance anxiety of the moment, this is even in a practice and building skill in general, uh, we can use EFT to release those ceilings that we have so that we can perform a skill faster, jump higher, whatever the particular sport is, 
uh, we can apply it to that to remove those ceilings and get beyond what we think we're capable of. Yeah, see, I, I see Brenda's skill mm-hmm. um, in my prior life as a coach mm-hmm. um, very much more applicable to the parents um, to let them understand that uh, a coach like Brenda is not <laughs> is not there to undo whatever may have been taught in the home in terms of the skill, but to try to unleash the anxiety around it. Because um, I can tell you, right, most of the problems in youth coaching is just that. It's anxiety around parents and, and peer pressure and so on. I think that's a really great point because I hadn't even thought about that, that Sometimes parents might think, well, will she undo what the other coaches are doing? And this parents is a compliment. How is she going to uh, help Joey <laughs> round the bases quicker? Right. You know, I spent a million dollars having a coach coach Joey around those bases. How is she going to help that? And in one session, right, there would be an improvement, I guarantee it, now knowing what I know now. Right. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you really have great results with your clients, Brenda. I mean, you really have had some really, really good results because it's not just sports. It really pertains to everything. But sports is really where the spotlight really hits, though. I mean, that's really where, you know, it only counts when you're on the field or on the ice or whatever it is, whatever sport it is that you're doing. Right. I love sports because it... um you know, it, it brings into the spotlight wherever our own weaknesses are, insecurities. Uh, it intensifies those and forces us to face them. And I love working with young athletes because it re- I'm really teaching them life skills. It just happens right. to be in the context of sports. And so whatever they learn as we're working together, uh, I repeatedly hear them say, you know, I'm just – more confident overall, or they'll make comments to me about how they did better in a social situation than they expected, or something that they don't they don't even realize can be attributed back to what they've learned in the context of their sport. Yeah, that's because when we're when we're playing like that, yeah. we can't see the forest from the trees. We're totally right. engulfed in the sport itself. Right. You know, we don't exactly. realize that there's a world and a life behind it. So that is a a great byproduct to achieve, right, that knowledge along with the coaching. No, it's terrific. And and I love the part about life skills because that's exactly right. I mean, it's not just about the sport. It's also about teaching them life skills. And so we're about to take our first break. And so, Brenda, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about EFT and explain what EFT is. So stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Brenda Cordell. We'll be right back. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. 
There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is performance coach Brenda Cordell. You can learn more about Brenda at her website at www.brendacordell.com, which is C-O-R-D-L-E.com. So, Brenda, let's take a step back because, you know, I always jump into it just a little bit too quickly. And... I know that there's people out there going, what's EFT? What is that? So can you explain a little bit about what EFT is and and how you got into it? Yes, EFT uh, stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques. And in a nutshell, it's basically an emotional version of acupressure. Not acupuncture, no needles, acupressure. Uh, There are about a dozen uh, pressure points on our body. And we know now from clinical trials and research that when we stimulate these points on the upper half of our body, just with our fingertips, that it sends a calming signal to the amygdala in our brain and helps us to settle ourselves down, break out of cycles of uh, flight, fight, freeze, um, and helps us to release emotion. And that is the tool that I use as the basis uh, in performance coaching. That's perfect. And because, I mean, there's a skill there, and Brenda is a certified EFT practitioner, and it takes, it takes a while to, um, to be able to kind of get into that emotion and help, help your clients release that emotion. And when you first started working with it, what, how did you initially get into it, actually? Well, I was, as I mentioned earlier, I was doing business coaching, and I, as a part of my continuing education uh, for my coaching, Certification. I came across uh, a training module that looked interesting to me, and it was called How I Get My Clients Unstuck. And I had a few stuck clients at the time, and I decided to jump in and see what it was all about. And turned out it was all about uh, emotional freedom techniques and how uh, another business coach was using it with her clients. And so I decided to give it a try and uh, was really fascinated by it, and the results I saw were quite surprising, and uh, I ended up jumping in with both feet and becoming certified. That's perfect. Yeah, it it's a great tool. It's such a it's such a simple tool, and when you first see it, it's such an odd tool, but it works. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just it's the best. Just a quick question, and I agree. You know, I've been learning about this firsthand, right? Mm. So, um, you mentioned acupressure, not acupuncture, which I understand because the tap is. Uh, basically an acupressure because it's on a pressure point. And there's no needles. Yes. And, Brenda, what you mentioned was it sends a calming signal somewhere. Yes, to the amygdala of your brain, which is the emotional center uh, of your brain. And it interrupts the pattern that might be going on uh, during a, a difficult moment, for example, when you're under the, the pressure of a competition or performance. Uh, And we can actually recreate that in our minds pretty easily if we sit and think about a time that we've had a performance that went bad for some reason, for example. It's pretty easy to sit and recreate that in our minds, and we can feel the emotion elevating in our bodies just thinking about it. 
Uh, if you think about your you know, most embarrassing moment as a kid or whatever, uh, those kinds of things, we think about them, the emotion just comes right back up, and that's because the emotions in our body are literally chemicals, and the chemicals get attached to the memory in our brains, and when we recall those, the chemical comes right back up with it, and that's why we can still feel something years after it happened. And what we know now from clinical trials is that using EFT begins to loosen the bond between those emotions and the memory and helps us to think more clearly and objectively and prevent getting ourselves in those same cycles over and over again. Um, Just a sidebar, so in in the movie we watched last night when they were showing the core memory, those balls that represented all the memories also had a chemical in them. Oh, and I just wanted to say that we saw inside out. Yeah. Right. We were inside the brain of Riley. So <laughs> I saw it this weekend. I love it. It was, it was yeah. great. It's, everybody in the EFT community is talking about it on Facebook now. <laughs> yes, it's wonderful. So what I was trying to get at, and, you know, it's a very complicated and technical explanation that you were given that you that you provided I was trying to understand if the acupressure sends a calming signal to that part of the brain, the which I get, mm-hmm. how does that release the anxiety? I know I can understand how that can stop it, right? Mm-hmm. How? What is the difference between when we get to that point to actually releasing it? Are you talking about um, in terms of being in the actual moment of the competition or um and really any any uh, EFT exercise i mean uh, i guess it's they're co-mingled right so you're thinking about when you go to release a memory so with within a memory is an emotion an emotion is stored and the body stores those emotions and many times those emotions are in your subconscious right, right? so you d- you don't even realize that you have this emotion stored and so you're asking how does it actually release it because you're understanding that if you have fear in the moment it can stop the fear but you're saying well how does it release I guess I'm yeah I'm trying to map the calming signal Mm -hmm. to that part of the brain Mm -hmm. and actually releasing the whatever that is I'm trying to release at the same time to me that's two different things that need to occur or maybe they're not well they're very related actually because Mm -hmm. let's say for example Think of a young baseball player who trots out onto the field as a t-ball player and has a very embarrassing moment, whether it's, you know, anything can happen on the field, but, uh, you know, fails to uh, get the out or fails to hit the ball. Right, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so they remember that moment, and there's a lot of intense emotion around it, and so they go about their way, they try to shake it off, but unless they really uh, process that properly, and who could, because we don't really know how to do that, and in our society we we kind of, you know, encourage kids to suck it up and keep going. Mm-hmm. And so uh, fast forward five or six years, and a similar situation comes up, and without even being consciously aware, the subconscious mind senses, oh, I've been here before and it wasn't safe and the whole fight, flight, you know, thing starts again. So if we can, if I can identify with an athlete things that have happened earlier where they've had past performances, things like that, that 
that really affected them. And we can begin to work with the FT to release that, uh, release the emotion around those memories. Then that goes a long way toward keeping them calm in a situation that might arise again so that okay. they don't have that big emotional reaction. Because remember, the emotion is stored in the body. So by tapping on those points, you're releasing it no, from the body. No, I get it. Uh, okay, okay, I get it now, yeah. right? Yeah. This is even more technical than I thought, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to bring this out because... Apologize. I just like when we have other people on the show because then you you listen. I want, <laughs> I want the universe to know that this is some intelligent, I don't want to say the S word that I, Please that's don't. going on, but <laughs> this is complicated and it's that's why it's so helpful. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So Brenda, in that example, what I was missing was, uh, tapping, sending the signal, but it's in conjunction with digging up the memory. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we want to, we want to keep the tapping exercise going until we hit that memory that really we see strikes um, and impulse. And sometimes the memory is in the forefront. Like, let's say you have a dog phobia, like you're afraid of dogs. And you can remember right away that it was, you know, when you were five, some dog, you know, came running at you and bit you, let's say. That actually is easier to release than if you have kind of this free-floating anxiety. Like when I would have performance anxiety you didn't always know where it came from. So sometimes when you're actually doing the tapping, you can start bringing up memories. Um, other times you know what the memory is, and other times it takes a while for that memory to come up, and then you tap on it, and then you release it. Wow, very, very complicated. It's almost like a, a <laughs> seek-and-destroy mission. It's like a seek-and-destroy. That's really good. And you have <laughs> to really... Somehow, especially if you're dealing with younger people, mm-hmm. take a breath here. Help ensure to the parents that you're a friend. Yes. Right? Yes. Because they could be the cause of the anxiety. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. Uh, yes. Absolutely. Wow. Very complicated. Do you ever find, and I, and I don't know this, um, Brenda, do you ever find that... Um, you actually also do EFT with the parents as well, or no? I haven't done that to date. Uh, it, in some cases, uh, separately, not together. Uh, but no, I haven't done it uh, with both at the same time. Boy, I think that that would be helpful, having kind of a all-family tap, right? Um, well, I, I, that might have, be a little bit too idealistic. I to think consider. it is. That's true, like yeah. saying world peace, right? <laughs> but what might be a great opportunity would be addressing the parents in the in the sports organization in a group separately and explain and go through a session so that they could tap yeah. so they don't get anxiety towards their Right. Child as well. Right. It is complicated. Yeah, very complicated. Yes, I have done that. I have addressed the parents uh, separately, and I always invite the parents to come to a session so that mm. they can see how it works and what's going on. I always want to be very open and transparent with them so that they um, don't have to worry, you know, what's happening in a session. So they're welcome to come and watch and learn it, and, and some ha- do opt to do that. Wow. Right. Yeah, no, it's it's really interesting and it's a it's such a great tool and I love what you were saying earlier about it 
you know, giving them life skills. Because whenever we can bring down anxiety, it doesn't have to necessarily be on the field or, uh, you know, on the ice. We have anxiety all the time. And EFT is such a perfect tool for helping to calm all that and to bring all that down. One other thing I want to say yes. is um, what I'm learning here, Brenda, is, you know, you were a perfect example of practicing what you preach, right, by uh, using it internally to help um, someone in your family. So that's perfect, right? So um, And using it on herself, too. Yeah, yeah, so you could speak from experience when you speak to the groups and to the parents and so on. Um, and that's kind of what we were saying early on, right? Mm-hmm. We want to try to practice what we preach. So this was a – we got lucky here. It was perfect, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I do use EFT every day myself. And and what I love is I know when I'm working with an athlete over months of time and I'm teaching them the skill, EFT is uh, simple to learn but not easy to implement in terms mm-hmm. of it takes some honing of the skill over a matter of months. And so as the athlete gets better and better, I know for sure that in the future when this baseball player is fast forward to the boardroom and has to make a presentation for example mm-hmm. i am confident that he or she is going to know what to do and how to use eft in that situation just like they did in their sport now oh, that's perfect so we're about to take our second break but when we come back brenda i wanted to talk a little bit about the yips because you were the one that introduced me to the yips so i wanted to talk okay. about that when we come back Um, Stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we'll be right back. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years' experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person, building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, Go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Okay, guys, we are back. Segment three with our special guest, Brenda Cordell, and her website is www.brendacordell.com. That's C-O-R-D-L-E. Brenda is a performance coach, and we're talking about um Athletes and the anxiety that can be released to help them grow as not only an athlete but also a person. Right. Right. So, Brenda, before the break, Eva had mentioned something called Yips. Um, yes. Coming from New York, that's a that's a chain of Asian restaurants. But I don't know <laughs> what that means. But I have something I wanted to say first that I don't want to forget. So forgive okay. me. Maybe it's related. So as a as a New Yorker. Right, I'm a born and raised Yankee. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, uh, in the '90s, in the turn of the century, here we had a player, Chuck Knobloch, who we loved. One day, 
out of the blue, he made a throwing error to first base from second base. And he was never able to make the throw again. And eventually they moved him to the outfield. And eventually his career kind of ended because it was so humiliating. In New York, people would be holding up targets in the stands saying, throw it here. He was never able to throw the ball where he was throwing it previously on every play in his career. Does Is that something that might be a coachable situation? You have just described the yips, Charlie. Oh. That is what happens. <laughs> that is what happens uh, when an athlete uh, suddenly cannot do a simple skill that is a critical piece of their sport, and it's a psycho uh, neuromuscular affliction, and it seem- comes seemingly out of nowhere, and people think of it as a psychological or a, or a mental game problem. But it's really a physiological level uh, phenomenon that's going on, and it's um, you know going on at a non-conscious level, and it causes things like uh, jerks or tremors uh, for golfers. Sometimes when they're putting or chipping, all of a sudden they kind of losing control of their uh, shot. Uh, it, in fact, last year, last football season, uh, Wisconsin quarterback Joel Stave had the yips and missed a few games because of it. Uh, he couldn't make a simple forward pass with the football. Well, that's amazing. And I had never heard of that. Before you, Brenda, I had never heard of the yips ever. I didn't know there was such a thing. And how is it, you explained a little bit about it, but how is it really different than just performance anxiety? Well, it is certainly aggravated by uh, a performance situation, and that usually is what brings it, you know, to light. Uh, but it, it's some, it's emotional based, basically, uh, and it causes a, a physiological reaction. And, um, so, in the way that I address it is using EFT to try to get underneath what's going on at an emotional level that's causing the yips to occur. Damn it. What? <laughs> What? We needed that, <laughs> oh. Brenda. <laughs> oh, the Yankees needed it. Jeez. Yes, um, that's that's unbelievable. Uh, just a question, going back to that term, is that something that you coined, or is that an industry term? No, that's Yips. a sports term that's been around a long time. Uh, I I don't know if it was first used in golf, but that's the context I first heard about it, and uh, since then I've. As I said, known of football players and uh, recently worked with a baseball player, a college baseball player who uh, had a case of the yips. And uh, typically the the thing that's causing it is uh, not necessarily have anything to do with the sport itself, uh, just some sort of underlying anxiety that the athlete may or may not even be aware of that needs to be addressed. Wow. And, you know, the universe can be merciless at times, and they can put gas on it. Um, what do you mean? <laughs> well, you know, throw it here. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> that was helpful. And so that doesn't help. So I'm looking at now this yips thing. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I agree, it's, it's anxiety, but there's sort of like a higher level of urgency. You know, you need to pretty much immediately calm this person down. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. it it'll never disappear, and and you know that might be a whole family. I I don't know. 
I mean, and yips can be caused by anything. I would, I would think. guess. Yes, and in the case of uh, one athlete that I worked with, it was caused by something that happened all the way back in early childhood, uh, and he, you know, he was aware of that this thing had happened. It was something he thought of on occasion, a uh, difficult circumstance in his life, uh, but he had no idea that the two were connected. Wow. And uh, as it turned out, they were. And it can get quite complex because the athlete, when it begins to happen, then they keep, you know, they they go into a pattern of trying to do workarounds and worrying is it oh, going yeah. to happen and today. Oh, yeah, who knows what and comes of it. I'm no longer yeah. a lefty now, I'm a righty, because I reconstructed my brain's thinking so that I don't have to throw up my right hand anymore, you know? I mean, it's right. unbelievable. Yeah, and I think exactly. I had the yips, like, for half of my life. I think everything I tried to do, I had to do a workaround because I was just always, I was always so anxious. I mean, yeah. there was just always, yeah, always had anxiety no matter where I was. This is a great miss. It's a great miss, yes. And EFT is a great tool to help with that. And so, Brenda, I was wondering, you know, so when you're introducing EFT to your athletes, do you ever get any pushback from them around using the tool? Uh, not really. I work with a lot of young people, you know, high school, college age predominantly, and I just try to go at it uh, straightforward and say, hey, this looks weird, but it works, you know, would you like to learn some weird science? And usually they laugh and jump right in. Uh, and recently I had the opportunity to teach EFT to an entire high school baseball team, and I had no idea how that was going to go. Uh, but much to my surprise, they jumped in, uh, tapped right along with me, asked great questions. And the great thing about EFT is you can be the, a huge skeptic and it doesn't matter. It still works because it's physiological. It's not something like you have to think it's going to work or it won't. Uh, and so literally as I was teaching this skill to the group, you know, guys were commenting out loud, oh, wow, this really works. I can feel the tension releasing. And so I love a skeptic because it works even if you are a skeptic. Yeah, and you've said that in the past as well. I have, yeah. It, because it does work. It, you don't have to believe. It's not about it's not about you believing in it that makes it work. It's that it works. And, you know, so when you're doing it in a group, mm-hmm. how do you actually start the tapping exercise? Because typically you would go after an emotion that someone was feeling. So how do you come up with that generic script that you use? Well, typically if I'm working with a team, I have them imagine that we're going into the biggest game of the year or that they're going to the playoffs or, you know, some situation that they've been in before, and it's easy for them to remember how that feels. Uh, and so we and, – and sometimes I'll even have them, if I'm working with a high school team, I'll say, think of the big test you have this week. You know, test anxiety works just as well to uh, generate some emotion. So uh, – when you're doing it in a group, you're learning it more conceptual, uh, on a more conceptual level, so it's not uh, directly on the personal thought you might be having at that moment, but I can get them in a situation that they understand well enough that it that they can learn it and it works. It's very interesting, and mm-hmm. it's interesting that you mentioned, Eva, that you – I don't want to make it like – I don't want to make light of the yips because it's a very – 
serious, complicated thing. It is serious, thing. yeah. But I, I agree that it might go beyond, you know, sports, right? Mm-hmm. But it's funny, Brenda, because what I used to do, because Eva will tell you I'm more of a, of a, uh, negative, uh, worst case scenario person. I used to coach specific to yips and now I'm just realizing it. I used to have practice where I made the pitcher start with the three ball count. So that uh-huh. if they threw one pitch out of the strike zone, they lost the batter. And then I would have the batter bat with two strikes in practice so that he only got one swing. So I was, I was aggressively making the yips worse probably, right? Um, as opposed to trying to embrace it. You know, what, what is your concern? Well, uh, I love being here. I love the game. I love the smell of the dirt. But when I get behind in the count on the batter, I panic, you know, mm-hmm. and that would be something you would go through. I'm just wondering in your normal, um, uh, sessions, do you have a, do you have a, a set path that you go down to determine where you are with this person? Is the anxiety from anticipation? Is it from fear? Is it from a specific issue like a spin move or something? I mean, do you go through all of that? Yes, and uh, but uh, yes, I do. What I want to say to you, though, is I don't think you were doing the wrong thing because the yips is a really a rare thing. And so on any given team, you wouldn't have somebody with the yips. So I think what you were doing was actually a good thing, is simulating the um, moment of the pressure, that's generally a good thing. So um, I don't think that that was doing anything to contribute toward yips. Um, yes, when I'm working one-on-one with person with a person, I have a procedure that takes them through every piece of a competitive situation all the way from preparing, you know, the week before they go to their competition if it's that kind of an athlete or, you know, the day before the game, sort of their entire routine. And we we walk through it bit by bit and we find out which piece is causing the anxiety or where does it begin. And then we break those down and start addressing those one chunk at a time until we can get through the entire event without raising the anxiety. Yeah. That's, that's what brilliant. I was, yeah, that's yeah. what I was hoping you would say, but that's not that easy to do. You have to be very, very, very detail oriented and you gotta really know how to not, I don't wanna say pry, but dig, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Uh, yes, and, we dig. And you <laughs> have to be <laughs> likable to let the other person allow you to dig, mm-hmm. right? It's a very unique yeah, skill. No, it's and yes. it's an important skill because once Brenda gets in there and starts going through that whole event bit by bit, I love the way you do that, Brenda, because you and I have talked about that. I think that's a terrific way to go at it because then you see all the different pieces. Sometimes just walking in to an arena or into you know onto the field can cause the anxiety. Right. I mean, it's just. It used to be for me when I would get up to do a presentation, just the thought of the presentation caused anxiety. You know, that would have been, I wish I had tapping way back then. Now, I mean, we're going to take our final break, so we're not going anywhere. I want everybody to stay with us. Um, But, you know, to the universe, we're talking sports, and Mm -hmm. it really is um, a home run um, in terms of a learning tool. But it really can be applied in the office, just, you know, 
every day. I don't speak up because, you know, right. um, I, whatever. It's, this is a workplace tool as well. And, you know, Brenda even said she started in business. So, um, okay, so we have a lot more to discuss. Mm-hmm. So please stay with us. Uh, this is Corporate Talk with Charlie and even our very special guest, Brenda Cordell. We'll be right back. Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on TalkZone. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is sports performance coach Brenda Cordell. And you can reach out to Brenda at www.brendacordell.com, which is C-O-R-D-L-E. And Brenda, why don't you also share your contact information? So let's say I'm a parent. How can I get a hold of you? The best way is to email me at brenda at brendacordell.com. And so if I'm a parent and have you ever, and I want to reach out to you for my child, have you ever found that you've had an an enthusiastic parent but a reluctant child? I haven't had that really because typically by the time um, an athlete is seeking out some help from a performance coach, there's generally an issue that has arisen Either it's performance anxiety or uh, maybe it's a, an athlete who really feels like they have a chance of getting to a next level, whatever that may be, college, uh, whatever, and they are just trying to make sure they're, they're uncovering every stone to make sure that happens. Um, you know, I would say this is not for the casual t-ball player or the casual um, athlete. This is uh, for a more serious and disciplined athlete, so I typically don't have a situation where they are not enthusiastic about it. The commitment is already there. Yeah, the commitment's there. And I agree, but not for the, uh, I don't want to downplay casual sports enthusiasts because that's a great place to be, Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, intense coaching might actually take that away from the the person. They may not like it anymore, right? And I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yes. In fact, what I, the, the thing I always say about my daughter's first figure skating coach is that more than anything, she taught and allowed my daughter to love the sport. Mm. And from that, then Megan got her own, um, she took on her own discipline and desire to do the hard things because she loved it so much. Uh, so often I see parents or coaches pushing kids at a young age um, beyond what's reasonable, and that just causes them to walk away or to want to walk away because they don't have enough love for it. Yeah, that's why to uh, coaching for the parents, I think, is um, a great untapped opportunity. I also agree what you said earlier is that we all have our skill limits. Mm-hmm. 
and sometimes that gets missed in the upbringing, <laughs> right, as well. So that's another example where coaching would help parents understand that. Mm-hmm. And I also, though, I want to take a step back from the athlete that is kind of in that intense coaching track. But also, this would be helpful for someone that's an amateur athlete but wants to run a marathon and is having trouble with that, His, you know, is getting up to a certain point and having trouble breaking through that. I think a couple sessions with this would probably be helpful, too. It is helpful, and uh, and I have coached athletes. For example, I coached a gentleman who is on the senior um, age range for CrossFit, and mm. he had been trying to reach a double-under goal, which is a jump rope goal, uh, for his age range, and uh, had been working on it for about a year, getting close and always, you know, just falling short. And so I worked with him. Uh, just one day, actually, uh, at his gym, and uh, about six days later, he he reached his goal using EFT. So, in in that That's example, great. Brenda, did you go through the same process basically that you go through with your other athletes? In other words, let's see my way how I can find the cause of this anxiety. Yes. Well, we we simulated what what he his thought processes as he was. Uh, mm trying to reach the goal, and what was happening is as he would get within about 10 jumps of reaching the goal, he would start to tighten up, and uh, that would change the way he was jumping, and so then he would, would miss. So just working him through that, teaching him how to tap through that before he began, uh, then he was able to keep his body calm until he got all the way to the goal number. Interesting. Well, that's terrific. Yeah, because I know that there's a lot of people out there that, although they're not on a professional track, um, are at a higher amateur level. Like even you, Charlie, with the running. I mean, you're you're an elite runner now on the treadmill. I mean, you run every single day, and kind of we can look at using that to kind of get you to the next level if you wanted to. Yeah, it's um, it's very interesting, and maybe also a coach would be able to tell. Um, the person, I think you're at your limit. Right. I was wondering that too. Right. Yeah. Or I don't know if you can say that, but uh, that might be a, a, a mutual agreed upon uh, result if that if that anxious moment never appears. Does that mm. make sense? <laughs> yeah, that does make sense. Because I was wondering that too. Like, how do you know if it's just a mental upper limit, and how do you know if it's just a if it's a physical upper limit? Well. What I see playing out time and time again is we are always capable of more than we think. Uh, and every time we reach a new milestone, then we are typically capable of more. I don't know that I would be ever willing to declare, unless it was a physical, obviously a physical injury, something like that. Uh, I don't know that I would ever be willing to say to somebody, you've done all that you can do. Because I'm not sure even... I'm not sure even when we are performing really high level that we ever reach our full potential. Well, that is interesting. Yeah, I hadn't even ever, I hadn't really thought of it that way. I just thought that there might be a point where you just hit a physical level, but you're right. I mean, there's probably always a little bit more that you can do. And is there, you know, when we're talking about all this, is there an age limit um, to who you would work with? No, I've uh, the youngest person I've worked with, I think, is about 13, 
and the oldest uh, was in his mid-50s. So, uh, like I said, the majority of the folks I work with are high school, college age, uh, but I've worked with quite a wide range. That's terrific. And what I think is great is what we've been talking about the whole time, and, and you were bringing up too, Charlie, is that this isn't only for the sport. This is for life. I mean, this is a skill that can be used then So, okay, for so while you're saying that, right, yeah. that, once we made that connection earlier in yeah. the show, I've been spinning in my head trying to understand in my memory of my 40-plus years in corporate, mm. which memories have that toxic emotion attached to it, like Brenda was discussing, right, which ones might need to be uncoupled well it's the one that if you think about it you start ranting on it like for me i might get scared or i might even feel like crying about it for you it might be that you get really angry about it when you think about that guy again you know whoever that was that you worked with and you just start it just it's like it happened yesterday then you know that that's a memory that is worth tapping on and releasing yeah and the takeaway of course is that there is a chemical attached to that memory (laughs) right which, Brenda, you say is scientifically proven. It is. Yes. Yes, We lots of clinical trials have happened now so that we understand more how EFT works. When it first became um, known and, and uh, people started using it, being certified, we really didn't know exactly why it worked. We just knew that it worked. Now, some 25 years later, uh, we have a lot more data and we know a lot more about why it does. Jeez, I wonder what happens when it gets uncoupled. It's sort of like when you delete something, it just stays, forensics can get it back. Well, I mean, that's something to actually look at because if it's a memory that you need to keep fresh, you may not want to tap on it. Like if you have to go into a court of law and you have to um, be a witness, you may not want to tap on that until after you're the witness. Okay, so because I'm trying it to get, will blur the lines. I'm trying to get all solutions to right. all scenarios. To all problems. To all problems in this episode. <laughs> right. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been terrific. Brenda, thank you. And um, why don't you go ahead and share your contact information one more time with our listeners. Okay. The web address is www.brendacordal.com. Cordell is spelled C-O-R-D-L-E. And my email address is brenda at brendacordell.com. Easy enough. Yeah, thank you so much. I definitely learned a lot. Um, I think there's a huge market for parents and and uh, business people, especially business people that were former athletes. Mm-hmm. They would get this in a second. It's perfect. It could change the world. It could. Yeah. So, uh Great talking to you, Brenda. Thank you so much, Brenda. Have a great night. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. Um, Yeah, it was a great show. Um, It's amazing what you can do with EFT, isn't it? I mean, it really is an amazing tool. And the way that Brenda is using it, helping these young athletes reach their full potential, because, you know, they're great in practice, but some of them, especially if they're highly sensitive, have a problem with yeah, that no, out there. Yeah, I know and that firsthand. And, and I know it and too. And also connecting that them to life as well. Because right. you clear that cook out of the way and you can't imagine what's there. Exactly. No more upper limits. So Great thank show. you, Charles. Great show. And yes. thanks to Brenda. Yep. And thank you t- 
thank you to our listeners for another great week. And our and producer, Dave Olson. And our producer, Dave Olson. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Have a great night. See ya.